This summer, the governor signed legislation increasing penalties for violations of the federal do-not-call registry in hopes of cutting down some of the nuisance calls that New Yorkers receive. The legislative action comes less than a year after a bill was signed into law requiring telemarketers proactively ask callers about adding them to a do-not-call list. For more on the consumer protection measures and the landscape of nuisance calls more broadly, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Paula O'Brien Solar director of the New York State Division of Consumer Protection. Thanks for joining us in the studio, Paula. Thanks for having me. So for starters, what are the different forms that a nuisance call can take? Because it seems like they're not all created equally or even regulated the same way. Correct, yes. Uh, There is no statutory definition of nuisance calls. you know, nuisance calls is it can commonly be described as telemarketing sales calls or scam calls are, are incredibly prevalent. A lot of times these nuisance calls come to us in the form of a robocall, mm. which is statutorily defined as a pre-recorded call that is automatically delivered to your phone. And so when we think about, say, telemarketer calls, an actual human being on the line, something that is, as you just pointed out, kind of rarer and rarer now, are those the types of calls that are most predominantly regulated by state and federal laws? Or are there statutes that deal with the whole gamut of nuisance calls? Yes, it's state and federal laws. Um, For New York, it's the New York Do Not Call Law. And the federal TCPA regulates do not call telemarketing calls. Uh, For scam calls, there's a myriad of different federal and state statutes that that regulate uh, for fraud and deceptive acts and practices, etc. Well, you mentioned the do not call issue. Is that something that is a federal list that we want to get onto? Or is this something that the state oversees? Or are these do not call lists maintained by, say, individual telemarketers? How should we think about this issue? Well, um, New York State was nation leading. Back in 2001, the New York State do not call law went into effect. And Shortly, a few years thereafter, the Federal Trade Commission and FCC collaborated to create the Federal Do Not Call list. And subsequently, for cost efficiencies, New York State has all of its consumers file complaints on the National Registry. And the New York State Division of Consumer Protection uses this portal to receive complaints from New Yorkers. And how does someone actually get added to the Do Not Call Registry? Do we have to proactively go online somewhere? Is there a number we can call? What's the process? Okay. There's both. So there is the, uh, the online version is easily remembered by www.donotcall.gov. I can, I can probably keep that in my brain. (laughs) And then there's the 800 number for the call. If you'd like to file a complaint or register, it's uh, 888-383-1222. And that also can that phone number can also be found online, but it's very quick and very easy to register on the Do Not Call list. Uh, you just provide your phone number and name and click away. And what types of activities is that supposed to protect you from? Are there specific calls that you will? no longer get theoretically? And are there other calls that are, I guess, exempt from that, but New Yorkers might still consider nuisances? 
Sure. So the do not call law provides, you know, the protection is that you have to be registered on the list and you have to be registered for 31 days. And the telemarketer call a sales call that is calling you that you don't have an existing business relationship with that entity. So if all of those factors are in place, then we can go after the violator. So theoretically, if Banana Republic calls me up, and I don't know if you can tell from looking at me, but I am dressed head to toe in Banana Republic. Uh, being on the Do Not Call Registry is not going to do me any good because we've got an existing relationship that goes back years. Yes, except you can tell Banana Republic, you know, please do not call me. And then once you've given them notice, then we're able to go after them if they continue to call you. Gotcha. Well, speaking of companies then that choose to violate the Do Not Call Registry, in September, the governor signed a measure increasing the maximum fine for violating this registry from 11000 per violation to up to 20000 for each violation as a way of discouraging these violations. Under the current framework, how often are fines I- administered? Is this something where telemarketers are constantly being dinged in New York, or can it be kind of rare? It's our enforcement measures are a regular practice. You know, we have an investigations unit that works hard to hold violators accountable. The myriad of technologies that are involved in hiding calls, moving calls, the calling traffic, it takes a lot of effort in issuance of subpoenas to identify the original caller. So, yes, enforcement activities are are constantly being undertaken here at the Division of Consumer Protection. The number of fines that are levied, where you find a solvent entity and you find an entity that's actually telemarketing as opposed to an entity that's that it's a scammer. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the end of the line and, and the calls are, are scams. I really don't have that the data on that. But I can tell you that the program's robust. And in order, though, to even head down that road, you need, what, a complaint from callers, from Absolutely. people, from New Yorkers to actually yes, say, please. I'm getting bothered? Yes, please. We need the complaints. The complaints are, are, we cannot take any steps to enforce the law unless we have a consumer complaint. Well, when you think about the way these enforcement actions are actually utilized, do you have a sense of the type of business that is actually deterred by the threat of a $20,000 fine or an $11,000 fine? It seems like it would only be operators who are willing to play by the rules and are willing to operate in the light, so to speak, as opposed to these scams and phone operators who are, say, outside of the country who would mm-hmm. say, great, make it 30000 make it 40000 I don't care. We're going to be moving our operation around. I mean, does, do you have a sense of who really is afraid of these types of penalties? To your point, the legitimate businesses, mm-hmm. they take all the steps necessary to make sure that they are not violating the law. So when we increase the penalties and we, it, it increases the opportunity of the tools in our toolbox to bring more of these businesses that are, are coming up into the light and into being reputable and because the fines serve as a deterrent. Um, and, and, and to that point, the $11,000 fine was the initial fine amount back in 2001. We're here in 2023, so it's it's incredibly you know useful to update that amount and and hold business account- accountable. And then just to hammer home the point, though, going after those companies is only possible if people 
make File reports. those complaints. Yes. And, and what's the number again for filing a complaint? It is 888-383-1222. So I want to turn then to another bill that the governor signed uh, back in 2022, which requires essentially telemarkers to proactively and early in a call uh, ask if the person on the other end of the line actually wants to be added to their do not call registry. Theoretically, maybe that's the Banana Republic person who Mm -hmm. gets in touch with me, an easy mark. Do you have any sense of the effectiveness of that effort or, or compliance with it? Do you have a sense of whether companies are actually saying, hi, I'm Steve from Banana Republic, and before I tell you about this great pants steel slim fit, you're going to look great, Dave, uh, I want to let you know you can get off the, the call list, or do you have a sense of whether they're not complying necessarily? We, we don't have data to say one way or the other. Um, when you file a complaint, we encourage, because most of the times when folks file a complaint, they don't add that detailed information. So when you file a complaint, if you add that information in the notes, it helps us to discern and to identify if, if, if that's occurring. Gotcha. And so we've been focusing primarily on telemarketers, these legitimate operators who might be annoying us to a certain degree. What about scams and crimes uh, that are trying to be perpetrated in the form of, of nuisance calls? What, if anything, can the state do about that? Or is that something that we need to think about as a federal issue? How, how do you think about those calls? Those are fraud, mm-hmm. right? And so, and, and scams are, are very hard to, to nail down the scammer. Once the money has been given, it's, it's, it's gone for, for, for most instances. And we talked about, you know, the identifying of the, the callers and the number of subpoenas it takes to identify the original calls. And I think you mentioned overseas, um, you know, the, the call centers that they have, have overseas. So it, it really, truly is, when you talk about scam calls, a, a federal issue for enforcement because most of these activities are occurring overseas. So then as consumers, is the best thing that we can do in terms of a defense just being aware of how scams present themselves and what we should do when we get a call that we maybe aren't really sure about, but maybe feel like it's pulling on some sort of emotional strings? Is the best defense to maybe pursue some extra line of questioning before we hand over $35,000? Oh, God. Yes. Yes. The, uh, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with scam calls, to your point, they're they're going to elicit a sense of urgency, of fear, or excitement. You know, you've you've won, a, you know, a couple million dollars. Uh, your granddaughter has been charged with a crime and needs bail money. We're coming to to pick her. You know, we're coming to your house to collect the money. There's a myriad of ways that scammers get data now um, because of social media. They know the names of your grandchildren. They know the names of your family members. That's why it's so important as consumers to be diligent and protect your privacy when you're operating online. Um, that's, the, you know, that's one way that you can limit the information that's available um, for, for scammers to malign. And again, we've been talking about phone calls should we think of text messages as the next frontier in this battle, or are we already amidst the war when it comes to this is a front for receiving nuisance messages? Yes, it, it, yes, it, it, text messages is the new the new frontier, and and being made aware, you know, the division has put out a number of different press releases on on fake texts and scams. 
to help consumers be aware. And when it comes to, say, being on a do not call registry, does that mean you're also on a do not text registry necessarily? Or is this a case where the statute doesn't keep up with the way that people are communicating with now? Well, the in in New York State, there it, within the telemarketing statute, it it says that there's you know that precludes you from from texting. And for you, when you're at home, I don't know if you have a landline anymore, but if uh, a call comes to the dinner table and you don't know the number, do you pick up? No. How come? You don't. You're not curious about what's no. on the other line. No, not curious. And 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 usually, it's if I'm mostly at home, been me. I've been trying to reach you. It's I'm genuinely <laughs> unavailable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. It's thank thank goodness for the different industry uh, supports that have been provided to consumers. You know, most of your either Android or iPhones have the capacity to block and report scam calls. The different uh, mobile and landline carriers have technologies available to thwart and identify these uh, robocalls, scam calls. Um, so the, all of those measures have been incredibly helpful. Um, there's others. There's also for your cell phone. There's some third-party apps mm-hmm. that are free that you can engage to to limit the robocalls. Well, then finally, would your advice be to people if you get a call, you don't recognize the number, just don't answer it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't answer. Um, Let it go to voicemail. Well, we've been speaking with Paula O'Brien Solar. She's the director of the New York State Division of Consumer Protection. Paula, thanks for visiting us in the studio. Thanks so much for having me. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.